Welcome to the layer. We've got fun and games. Bro, remember Guns N' Roses? Slash, baby. Slash. You remember the tight pants and the <laughs> long hair? Isn't it hilarious that they're like metal back in the day was so different dude like who like it's supposed to be tough and there's just these skinny dudes in the tightest jeans you ever seen out there rocking it sporting the eyeliner longest hair ever i know yeah have you ever seen a video of like acdc playing and that dude's move like where he's kicking his leg while he's playing the guitar across the stage like what even is that yeah it was the, it was the bee's knees dude it was it that was People the jam all about it how was your week, dude? Not bad, buddy. Not bad. Let me tell you something real quick before we get too far into this epi. I just want to congratulate you for number 100. Is this 100? This is 100, dude. We're bringing uh, it, it in. We Dang. are bringing it in strong with the episode 100. Dude, there's a little GNR for 100, bro. Let me tell you one thing. Let's it reminisce for a second. Let me, let, let's reminisce for a second. Looking back at the last 100 epis, Give me some of your, like, your top moments on the lair. Give me a top moment or two. Well, I think just in terms of why we started this and a chance to hang out and read a bunch more comics, like, I mean, I've read way more comics than I can even imagine that I would have in the last two years. So that alone is really rad. And uh, getting to meet some buddies. And uh, I think for me, the coolest and funnest thing about it, though, is, like, when people... I know will come up to me just cracking up about something we said that's not even comic book related or something, you know, and uh, that really makes makes it just hilarious for me. And um, a lot of people who I've like loaned comic books to from listening to the show and starting those, like it's all just been a really cool experience to to have. It's a lot of work, and on, on some weeks, you know, it's harder to get in reads and. Uh, this is one of those weeks, but it's all worth it, man, because it's just fun. Dude, I will tell you, speaking like I like all the points you said were fantastic. But like today and multiple times this week, I had somebody mention a flat pillow to me <laughs> and I was dying, dude. And so stuff like that is yeah, so yeah. funny to me. So <laughs> <laughs> just dude, everybody, like, I'm never going to live down the flat pillow talk from no, anybody. I'm going to have to upgrade to a puffy pillow <laughs> and uh, try it out. So so funny, dude. Um, it's all been cool for me, dude. It's been fun, dude. I love the, everybody we've been able to meet through this yeah, yeah. Um, and, and chat to. And, and um, yeah, it's been great. Kind of funny. Like Ross has become like a true friend to both of us, like yeah, through the yeah. show and kind of cool, man. Yeah. We've got to meet a lot of cool people. It's yeah. been fun, but um, congratulations, man! Yeah, congrats you to you, do, buddy. I mean, you do way more work than I do, so you still show up and you <laughs> still read the books. <laughs> that's not easy, All right? But um, yeah, let's get back on track here. How was the week? You have a good week? Yeah, man, I had a cool week. Uh, not much, kind of slow, and um, it's weird when you're a parent, right? Because it's like when I'm saying slow, but it's also chaotic. Like it's hard to explain. There's no slow when you have kids. Yeah, it's like slow in the sense that I didn't get to accomplish much for myself because I'm so busy. Um, Are you a chili guy? Are you a fan of chili? Like the food? I can be, but I think most people make chili that sucks. 
Well, tell me your reasoning behind it. Like, what makes a good chili for you? Like, if it's too, like, I love beans, but if your chili is mainly kidney beans, get out of here. Get out with it? Get out of here. Like, I don't want to eat a spoon of kidney beans each time I'm in there. Like, and it's got to be thicker. <laughs> you it's like the, be, yeah, 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 I'm a thicker, yeah. Traditional, or do you like, will you mix it up and, you know, some people make white chili and they're making oh, chicken all, chili. Yeah, dude, I love white chili. All right. The chicken chili, get yeah, get in my belly. All right, I'm asking you this because I was in a I uh, through work we did like this big. Uh, See, but now you're answer, asking a different question. No, like in a chill, no, because in a chili cook-off, does a white chili count? And I'm not sure it does. I think all chili count. Well, uh-huh. let me. We'll, we'll get to the. We'll, we'll, we'll right. break it down a little bit, but let me first start off by I was in this. Uh, we we had like our annual chili cook-off yeah. with a ton of people. There was like, I don't know, we had like 60 people show up. We had like 17 chilies entered. And I love chili. Yeah. My family doesn't. So I don't make it hardly ever just because no one will eat it. And, um, you know, if you make a big batch of chili, like it's going to be around for some yeah. days. And the more it sits, the better it is. Because it's just marinating in there. It's just soaking in all the juices. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Anyways, I made. I, I went out and, and I made a chili that was I've never made before. Um, I found a recipe online, but then I tweaked it to kind of how I wanted it. And I'll tell you what, it was probably the best thing I've ever tasted. I had two different types of meat in there. I didn't have a ton of beans. Like it was like. At first, it was a little liquidy, and then I got it to thicken up a little bit. And I'll tell you what, I got two bites of it, and I was stoked. We took it to the chili cook-off, and... Don't tell me you pulled a Kevin. I didn't pull a Kevin, and I didn't get first place, but I got pretty high up there. But my chili was empty when I went to go take it home. Yeah. I, I was like hoping, hope, hoping there was leftovers. Like I didn't even get a full bowl. I literally had like maybe two or three spoonfuls. And so I was looking forward to going home with a big bowl of chili. And it people mowed it. They Just were decimated. loving it. I put like some uh, chipotle peppers in there. And it had a, I don't know if you're a spicy guy, but it, yes. it had a tiny bit of it, like not too much to where it was like, oh, this sucks eating it. Like my mouth is burning, but just a little bit of a kick in it. And it was like a smoky flavor. So it was like a smoky chipotle chili. I had two different types of meat in it. And man, it was just fun. I had a fun, it was fun to be there. It was fun to participate in the cook-off. And I was proud of my chili. I did pretty good. Um, I'm gonna make another bowl. I got. I got to make another pot. <laughs> you got to at this point. You a fan of cooking? You like it? You like the process? You like? I do. I do like cooking. Oh. I like cooking. Like grilling. I wish I was better at it. Well, it doesn't come natural to me. Like I'd no. have to. I'd have to follow like the directions to the T. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually. Uh... Like I can't wing it. Like if I see my wife in there, and she's like, she'll read the thing once. And then just she could just pistol whip and shoot from the head, dude. And I'm like, no, I can't. I wouldn't yeah. even know how to do that. I usually break out all like my measuring tools, and I'm usually, yeah, dude. I'm usually by the book. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you call them, you know, I got all these <laughs> no, little yeah, measuring it's just tools funny, out there. That's a hundred percent true. Like she'll like eyeball like the dash of vanilla or chipotle, whatever. And I'm like, no, like it's got to be exactly you what you got to get the teaspoon. You got to line it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I'm doing. All right, but 
I had a great time. And dude, chili's great. Weather was perfect for it because it's starting to get cold. Well, you got to answer me the question about the white chili now. Okay. There's some, there was a couple chilies there, even though they were good, they reminded me of like something you would like. More like a soup. You would like yeah, soup and then like something you would like drip over an enchilada, mm-hmm. you know, like an enchilada topper yeah, or something like that or something you would put in a burrito. Mm-hmm. So those are tough to count. And I know people like want to get, you know, like creative yeah, and they want to do something a little different thinking they're going to win. I don't know about those. Yeah. Well, it's like those, uh, have you ever seen those barbecue t- competitions? Oh yeah. Like those, you can't go outside the box on those ones. Like yeah, it's you got, there's like, you got to stay within this like yeah, yeah. area. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. once you go too far outside, then you're just like, all right, you're just doing too much now. Like simple it down a little. Yeah. Go open your restaurant. That's not what we're doing here, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So let me ask you this. Yeah. To keep it aligned with the chili before we move on. Are you like just mowing a bowl of chili or do you have to like, do you have to have like a chili dog or you have in like, or can you just sit down with a chili, like a just a straight bowl of chili? I can do both, but I will say I love a good chili dog. Oh my God. I want a chili dog right now. And I love a good chili burger, but I feel like they're different chilies. Like you can't put the bowl of chili on your, on your hot dog. Well, what if gotta, it's, and what if it's thick enough? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be a thick chili it's on your hot be dog. Super thick. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I agree. And for hot dogs and hamburgers, I like it to be beanless. I know that oh, sounds crazy, right. but almost like a Hormel chili, like okay. cheap, like cheap, huh? <laughs> give me the cheap stuff on there. I don't know. All That's right, my right. own thing. Well, I'll send. I'll send you my recipe. You're gonna have to try it. It's easy to make. Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. Let me ask you a side question. How do you feel about a sloppy Joe? Ooh, I'm not a sloppy <laughs> Joe guy. Get him out of here. Get him gone, dude. I will. I could never do a sloppy Joe in my life, and I would be happy. <laughs> Are you loving them? I love sloppy Joe. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> it's just like a soggy, beat up burger, bro. <laughs> I don't know why I like it so much. <laughs> it's just like a soggy beat up burger and they're yeah. just not <laughs> delicious at all. <laughs> maybe it's because of the sloppy joes I've had all my life for the cheapest like canned sloppy joe. Like maybe I never had like a real sloppy joe. No, that's what I'm saying though. Even the like the man witch sloppy joes, bro, give no. them to me. <laughs> Get them. Out of here, dude. What about <laughs> same thing with meatloaf? Get it out. Yeah, get me. I don't even know who came up with meatloaf. They should be should get Loki and put that dude in a different branch timeline. Get out of here with the meatloaf. <laughs> All those are like in the same category to me. Meatloaf, yeah. what sandwich. I, <laughs> what I love is when someone makes a meatloaf and then they like layer it with ketchup on top and they're like, oh, it's delicious. Get out of here. Get it out. Who even likes that ketchup layer on the top? Oh, get it. All right. Anyway, buddy, how was your week outside of that? Seems like it went pretty well. It was fun. Yeah, it was a cool week, man. Um, I didn't do too much cool stuff. Just the, <laughs> chili- <laughs> Just the chili cook-off was the coolest thing. I am, you know, I'm continuing my route down the old magic uh, rabbit hole. I'm, I'm starting to dabble in like slowly wanting to build my own deck. Yeah, but it is hard. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know like what cards like synergize with other cards and I'm still brand new and I'm synergize. What a- <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. That was always the hardest part for me too. I'd always just online look what people were running and yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do. But then I'm nervous too. Like, you know, like, is this, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, you know, me, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm looking at. Totally. So I'm just like, is this guy like making a, like, is this yeah. deck for real or is it just right. a stupid one? Like if I've spent $40 on this guy's deck that I just found on right. some random website, like, is it going to be cool or am I going to get it and it's going to be all land cards or something dumb? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, cool, dude. I'm glad you're still loving it. But other than that, it was a pretty, pretty relaxing week. Weather's perfect. Uh, kids have a long weekend this weekend. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's it. I think I think I'm gonna go to a, a, my son's going to a, a, a friend's birthday party tomorrow to a jump center. You gonna join? I'm not jumping. My back will be oh, beat that's up. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta stay off the old jumpers. Fair enough. But um, what do you say we get down to it? Who's a getter? Kill lock. We we decided everybody. Oh yeah, everybody, <laughs> listen. This is what we're getting into. Since no one, uh, we didn't tell anybody. We just had to. We had to figure out what was going on, man. So we're jumping back into Kill Lock from two weeks ago. We're jumping into Volume Two, man. The Artisan Wraith, the Artesian. Who knows? I I literally have no idea anymore. <laughs> the Artisan Wraith. Um, let's jump into it, dude. What do you think? What do you think of the overall story? Um, we got new characters in this one. Got some crazy stuff that happens down towards the end. And um, I'll say this, man. I, I want to know because we really haven't got to talk about it much this week. Yeah. And so I'm interested to see what you thought of it wrapping up. I'll say this: there was a lot about it I loved, and a lot of characters, uh, developments that I really liked and was all in on. And I really thought that, um. What was the new character's name? Yeah, we got two new characters. We got um, Invisible Man. Yep. The Cloaker. Yep. And we got... um, The Resolve. The Resolve, yeah. I thought they were freaking awesome together. Yeah, them paired together, they were polar opposites. Yes. But they were fantastic. And I liked her story and that backstory and all that was really cool. there's some things about the story that I felt like maybe it felt a little rushed. Um, and maybe we could, we could get into that as we go. Uh, but overall, dude, I'm just going to say like, I really love this series and I, and I love the world and the characters and uh, the artwork's phenomenal. And I could really sit in this for a while. Like I, I would totally pick up the next two volumes of this if they were out already, you know? Yeah, and that's saying a lot coming from yeah. you because you're not a sci-fi guy like you were already kind of questioning mm-hmm. reading this series to begin with yeah and for it to really um for you to say that like i i think it me it speaks volumes to how good this was i think yeah um what about you i loved it i same thing like the resolve and i can't remember the guy who was the cloaker is I it like lunk or something like that lunk lunk <laughs> I don't know, dude. We're terrible with names. I'm trying to even look. Like, they don't even say his name that much. It's mainly the resolve is the one, like, telling, like, you know, she has her, like, mission log and everything she's doing. 
but they are just rad characters. And when so you first get cool. introduced to them, and they they're uh, that first fight scene with them too, when he disappears and like, dude, his sword just slicing up other uh-huh. robots is so rad. And the artwork on the race, dude, phenomenal stuff. Oh yeah, it it, it was cool, man. That overall, I thought the story was fantastic. I do wish I was reading this in a physical copy and not digitally. Um, I think what made it difficult for me is again, going back to what we said about volume one, when uh-huh. like the, uh, the Wraith class would, their dialogue was like in different lettering. And it got to a point when it was like a bunch of different race, like talking back and forth, like dude, some of their dialogue was so hard to see. And I don't know if it was just digital or the way the wording was and the lettering, but, it made it challenging to kind of decipher some of the words sometimes. I'll be honest. On the, on the main dude, the like King Wraith, yeah. his was the worst. Of yes. It. There was words that I was like, I can't tell if this is and or if this is like all. Like what's the uh-huh. what word is yeah. he using here, you know? But, but even his, like his character arc was so cool and like twist and turn there a little bit and. I don't know, man. Like it was, I thought it, overall it was just so well done. And yeah, I, I, I do wish I had it f- uh, physical. Though, I will say that, but yeah, we jump in, we have, uh, the, the artisan Wraith. He's in control of the race body. He is, a, he has like all, all four of them in like his head basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's pretty crazy because he has basically taken over a planet. Yeah. And it's gone dark, so no one can even see what's going on there. And then he has invited anybody that has a kill lock attached to him to have sanctuary on his planet, and he will keep them safe. One of the things I loved was that, like, the explanation for this, right? So he brings them all there, like you said, to keep them safe. But at first, it's terrible because they're terrible. (laughs) They're just fighting and killing each other until finally he's like, all right, you could bring some family and stuff, too, so that everyone kind of stops fighting. thought that was a cool little bit. Yeah, so he's he's like creating like almost like an like an army. He's he's stealing weapons from people. And the resolve and his partner, we'll just call him the cloaker. Yeah, they are tasks with. Uh, they're basically assassins, and mm-hmm. so they have to try to pretty much do the impossible and go in and kill this guy. And they're sent by the foragers, right? They want yes. to get rid of. Yep. The foragers or the forgers. Foragers. 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 So if you say it fast enough, no one will know if we're saying it, it right It sounds like either one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and dude, their plan was pretty rad. So they know, and the the way the way it goes, I think in issue two is like they know how powerful he is because he's in this unstoppable body and he's a, extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. So they like going with the plan. And as a reader, from a reader standpoint, you think these guys are just going to go on guns blazing and try to kill this character well they go in and they just get demolished and um they're no match but basically they 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 use that to try to find a weakness and to learn about the wraith and like 
which you didn't see coming as a reader. Did you see mm-hmm. that coming at no, all? Or? Yeah, no. So I thought that was really neat. I really love that whole bit. Like after they get beat up and like what I think the the resolve has like her arms ripped off and like the cloakers beat up and they meet back up and they're like, well, we, we, we got what we needed to learn, you know? Yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh, that was kind of neat. Like they just went there to, to. But, but what they learned, what they needed wasn't anything they could do. So they decided to call in the Wraith Legion. Yeah, which was, I thought was a crazy idea. Gnarly. And it kind of backfired on them. Definitely backfired on them. Like, wasn't the best plan. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. But then it was crazy cool, too, because the artist in Wraith, like, he's thinking, like, three steps ahead, and he wants them to come there. Dude, wasn't he just incredibly intelligent? And he has it all set up. He's, yeah, dude, like, when he, when the the Resolve and the Cloaker send out that transmission but he has it all set up to feel like they're getting away with it but then he captures the transmission code what a just so cool dude yeah he he was definitely always one step ahead of everybody like even Mm -hmm. from volume one like just super intelligent basically unstoppable and and um i don't know i just thought that scene when when they went to like gather intel i thought that was pretty cool yeah what'd you think of the axial throughout this volume yeah, so she rolls back in and she's kind of like stuck in between, I think, because... Yeah. And so just she, for anyone who doesn't remember, the Axial is the one who created the kill lock. Correct, yeah. So she created the kill lock, so she feels responsible for a lot of the stuff that's going down. And she's almost like teaming up with um, the two assassins, I guess. You want to yeah. say they team up? They team up. They, they kind of team up pretty they much. They team up, yeah. It's like a, a team up of necessity rather than desire, yeah. but they yeah, end yeah, up yeah, yeah. they end up being close. Yeah, they do. Yeah, towards the end, the resolve yeah. and the axial. Yeah, for sure. What do you think of how it went down when so the this wraith legion like shows up and they're all on their huge ships and they're like a their whole species is like just conquers worlds, and then you find out. I don't know if we want to get to the big twist. Do we want to get to the big twist yet? We could jump back and forth. I think. What do you think? What do you think of the the whole Wraith Legion and them showing up and and kind of how it went down with them? Then I'll just ask. ask yeah, like that. I liked it. I love the artwork on 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 that on those people. I don't know how to talk about this. Um, and I love what or we that learned. class of robots. I guess. Yeah, you could say. and I love what we learn about. Um, I think he's the Zenith, which is the like Zenith, the king yep. of the of the race. And what I liked was that, like, they, they're such a close-knit group that once they find out what's happened to our Wraith, that they're like, you know what, this was such a huge mistake. He was such a good dude. He submitted himself to this punishment, like, on his own without complaining, and uh, we're getting him back. He's our brother. We're not going to let him go anymore. We're going to go get him. And uh, just kind of how the Zenith is doing this kind of for selfish reasons. And you'll find out more about that later. But before I get to that, I do need to mention my one big critique of volume one and volume two, but it is really amplified in volume two because there's a a lot more of them. But I did not care at all for the lettering of the dialogue on the race, man. It was like we said, it was so hard yeah. to read certain letters and reading it digitally, I think, made it harder. 
And when they're and like, talking back and forth on one yes. page, I'm like, gosh. And it made it hard sometimes to see who the dialogue was coming from. And like, I was like zooming in as far as mm-hmm. I can to like figure out. And so it did make it challenging to read at some point, yeah. I will say. So, but one of the things you find out that I thought was really cool is that the artisan Wraith knows that on this planet, there is a big secret that's been locked up and it's called the, uh, the Wraith Abhorrent. And it is a gnarly Wraith who has the power and ability and has taken out whole groups of other Wraiths before. And so they Which somehow... never happens. That has yeah. never happened ever. Yeah. And so they locked it up as like a punishment forever. But... Because um, yeah. that like class, it's like it's only one, but it could like corrupt other classes mm-hmm. and so like some of the like the i think the wraith and somebody else were like the only ones they couldn't corrupt but he was still just destroying everybody just yeah. a beast and they were able to lock it like in this planet and like the twist that i was talking about was the relationship with the wraith and the forgers oh yeah I, if you have that better in your head you could explain it because i probably won't do a very good job so i think they had like an agreement yeah, like the forgers and the race had an agreement because they locked this thing underneath there that um, like they would go out like the forgers could create their own basically from scratch. They were creating their own civilization and the race were like they they're, they had an alliance, I guess you could say. Yeah, and that was wild. But uh, Wraith Abhorrent did have the ability to slowly seep into even the wraiths because that's mm-hmm. what happened to the Zenith, I believe. And it kind of started thinking that it wanted to go to its own planet and live alone and stop doing what it was supposed to do. Yeah. It's calling. Yeah. And there was an uprising against the Zenith from the other race, which was interesting. Yeah. Did it get a little confusing with all this stuff going on? Cause it was so fast paced the last like two issues. Yeah. And especially when, all that's going down and uh, our artisan dude was just like, look, I'm going to give you his body back right now. Like you can have your brother back, the Wraith. And uh, I'm just like, man, for all that it has taken you to get this far and you're just done now, like it didn't make a lot of sense because and I remember I called you and we were both thinking like, well, he's still got a game plan. Like he's still oh, yeah. two steps. Yeah, yeah. But then by the end of this thing, it's like he did not. Like that no. was literally the end of the road for his whole plan. Yes. And like, so all volume one, like was almost like around him. Yeah. And then volume two starts out and it's like still centered on him. He's like the main bad, you know, like the main villain, you would say. Then like we have the assassins trying to come after him. And then all of a sudden, the last two issues is like super fast paced. And then all of a sudden, he just like throws in the towel. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then he gets blinded too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. So I, I did think that was my uh, one thing I thought was just kind of weird. I think it went really, really fast the last two yeah. issues, almost to the point where I was getting a little like confused. I was like, wait, like I had to slow down with it. Yeah. Especially because there was a lot of movement. Like you have the thing with the, the Zenith. You have the thing with our artisan dude. You have the thing with the axial and the resolve, and and then the 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 character that they had sealed forever is making his way out. Yeah, and that was like all took place in like the last two issues. Yeah, and I thought it was wild. Like all, just all of a sudden, the three dudes 
that were are drunk, the unfinished, and the wraith. When they came back, it was just kind of like you. They just came back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought overall, like the overall story of this with the wraith of Porn and kind of what's going on there, even that felt. I loved it. But even that kind of just felt like it was just thrown at us all of a sudden. Like, wait, there's a planet with this wild. And uh, I don't know. I was a little confused as to what the goal that our artisan was aiming for. You're right. Because it kind of just went out the window. Yeah. Because he gets there and he's like, oh, they get to the foragers, foragers planet and uh, they're gone. And he says, okay, well, gone or dead. That was all I wanted. So, yeah. Like, all right. And even though, like, even though they're gone, like, they're going to do the same thing probably somewhere else. Like, yeah. did you not want to, like, your whole plan was to, like, take them out because how they controlled everything and, like. Yeah. And then even when the Resolve is sitting there watching the transmission from them before they left the planet, like, it seems kind of uh, dark. Like, there was a threat in it. And then they just never come back up in the whole volume. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's planning to be a third volume. To there, kinda, they say there, there is in the back. Is there? Okay, cool. I didn't read that far um, past the, the last couple of pages, but I think that would be cool because the way it ends, I don't know if we want to spoil it at all, um, but it does end where, I, I mean, there's a lot left open to, to happen still. Yeah. And so hopefully they wrap back into that. And um, because I like all the characters, I, I love I, the, characters. Dude, the characters and their dialogue back and forth with each other is so good. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about or get your opinion on was like towards the end with the Wraith Abhorrent, um, they all travel to a world where he's at, but he's one step ahead of them even and takes out the whole Wraith Legion by like gravity or something like he pulls their ships down and they all blow up. When they're on that red planet. Yeah, hold on. Uh, I'm trying to get to it real quick. And like that happened quick. I'm like, man, he just took out the whole Wraith, Wraith Legion. Just bada bing, bada boom. Was that at the same time the Resolve and our Wraith was fighting the main Wraith? Or was that after? After. After, okay. Because that scene was rad. When, when the Resolve rad. and then they teamed up. Mm-hmm. When, the, when our Wraith decides to trick the zenith into into admitting that he's the one that beat up the cloaker and because he saw his plan to want to leave to that yeah, the star yeah. that he found or whatever but yeah i think you're right so they all the all the wraith legion is trying to land on this planet and he just takes them all down they fall from the sky and that's when we see like the axial and the resolve are yeah. real close we um yeah, the the three original characters land together. The drunk guy, the um, yeah, and they're face to face with the abhorrent now. Yep, yep. What'd you think about that? Because he was like, that's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna talk okay. about. So yeah, yeah. He, at first, he seemed like, oh wait, he's a cool dude. Yeah, like it felt a little bit like the artisan, right? Because he's like trying to tell him, like, look, I'm the good guy. I'm gonna be the one who lets you live in a planet free. Yeah, do takes whatever out you want. The, takes out the kill lock that's on the drunk guy so that he's not in the kill lock anymore. And, uh, but he won't save the artisan dude. Yeah. Cause he finds the artisan to be, he's just still cocky, too cocky. Yeah. And what was cool is that right at this point when they're face to face with this thing, 
uh, one of the things that was cool is that when our Wraith dude goes down, he tells the unfinished, like, hey, don't trust. Yeah. Trust the smart ones. Yeah. And so he doesn't go, even though the promise seems so good. He stays with the artisan dude. And I thought that was wild. Yeah. And I, I didn't, he was there at the very end. I mean, yeah. But can I ask you a question? Swing it. Did our Wraith die? I don't know because you'd think they would all die because they had the kill. That's lock. what I'm saying. That's what I'm, that's why I was asking. Yeah. Like what happened to him? Cause he's, he goes somewhere. Oh yeah. He's going somewhere and he tells the unfinished dude, you can't come with me. Yeah. So he wasn't in the ships that went down. He's somewhere no. else. Yeah. He's somewhere else. I, I think with, um, I think he's by himself. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know if he's going after the forgers or what he's doing. I can't, that I was a little confused yeah. of what he was doing. But my guess was that's what he was doing was just going for the forgers. So he's still alive somewhere else. The, the, the working class goes off with the new wraith and the, um, the unfinished and the, uh, artisan are together. Yeah. Is how it ends ends off, and then it's it's him kind of like, well, the, I guess I don't know if I want to spoil the last panel, the very last scene. Yeah, I won't spoil it. Can we spoil it? Spoil it. If you don't want to know the end of Volume Two of Kill Lock, Turn Awake, but I want to know what you think, so I have to talk to you about it. Okay. So it flashes forward. I don't know how how long after. So the it ends with the unfinished and the artisan kind of sitting there, and the wraith abhorrent was just kind of like, "You could, welcome to stay here, good luck," sort of deal, you know, surviving yeah. is what it seemed like. But then you jump forward, what seems like twenty, thirty years or something. I don't know. I could be way off. Yeah, but it's just some cloaked dude sitting there talking to what looks like another unfinished, talking about how much craziness this this wraith abhorrent has. Re- wrecked upon the world wrecked brought upon the world yeah 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 and uh you find out it's our little unfinished dude all grown it's the, up it's the original unfinished yeah and he looks rad he's got he something so around rad. his neck um so i'm interested he even says like that the wraith went to the unknown the resolve and the axial were lost in the depth um, the Legion was decimated. So there's mm-hmm. all this stuff that he's explaining to this other unfinished that went down and his last words are like, no, it doesn't last forever. Yeah. And so they've got to be planning something. Yeah. I love that necklace he's got on. I love the flying dragon dude in the back. Yeah. So. Jinx so, by me a Coke. Yep. Yep. I was going to say the same thing. Overall, I really, I enjoyed it. It was fan. I love, I love the art. Um, I love the world. The characters are super awesome. Like I'm attached to all the characters. A few things. I think it went a little quick towards the end. Which is crazy because it was like two issues longer than the first one or something. Yeah, yeah, it was longer. And so the pacing was weird in this one. Like the first four issues of this one, I was like, I thought the pacing was fantastic. And then it just went super fast. And then the only thing again, too, that was kind of weird was the, the, the different lettering on, on the, the race class class, um, kind of was a little confusing, but I mean, other than that little stuff, like it was, it's a, it was a fun read, dude. I love the world. Like you said, it was, it was cool. And the twists and turns and the characters keep you wanting more, dude. Like it's really well done. Yeah. Um, the artwork's great. 
Did you like it as much as the first one? No. Yeah, I think it was. I, I think I liked the first one a tad bit better. Yeah, well, because I think that as interesting as the other characters aren't as much as I like them, there was something about the the hatred and dislike of the artisan dude because he was so smart, clever, and three steps ahead that you're just like, dang, dude, you wanted yeah. to stick around to watch what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and you just got a lot less of him this time around. Yeah, you got kind of a lot less of all four of them together. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, for sure. But I'd still give it like a four out of five. It was, it was still a fun read. Yeah, dude, definitely. The afterword here, he just says, um, my goal with this series has been to expand and explore the world of these characters, to deepen what we knew of of those from the first series, and to introduce new players into this into the fold. As is probably obvious by the ending here, the story of these characters and their world is not over. That's cool. One, I'll definitely when when this comes out for volume three, I'll probably I'll pick it up physical. I think for sure. Yeah, I will say my favorite characters in this one were the Cloaker and the Resolve. I thought oh, yeah. that the Cloaker was hysterical. I was dude. dying. Every his dialogue was so funny to me. He and he all he ever wanted to do was go back to his little beach and sit go back in chairs to the lake, and dude. drink and eat. Sip out of his cup. Oh, his cup, dude. So funny. I loved it, man. But, Pretty cool um, stuff. Yeah, I'm glad we. I'm glad we did that one. It, it was cool. I'm glad we got yeah. to get all the way caught up, and uh, now we can look forward to volume three. Hopefully, yeah. So we're sticking with a four out of five for volume one and two. I think so. Yeah. Pretty good. Good stuff, buddy. You get anything else this I week? Get, I did get to read Transformers number two. Oh yeah, how was it, bro? I heard, um, dude, Monk was chatting about it this week. So good. You loved it? Love it. So Optimus Prime and the dude who kind of ended up stumbling upon him and saving him, you know, the kid Spike, they're kind of just chatting and they're learning about each other, which was super cool. Optimus is just rad, kind of filling them in about what's going on with with them, where they come from, who the Decepticons are, why they're fighting. And um, the artwork's still phenomenal, but um, dude. Guess who shows up in this one? Starscream. Duke. G.I. Joe. Does he? So the worlds are are like even colliding and uh, intermixing here. And he's just flying a jet. and He's fighting against the Decepticon dude. And uh, turns out he knows the girl who's friends with, with Spike. And oh my gosh, dude. At the very beginning, dude. So it's like... It opens up and Optimus is kind of experiencing the world for the first time. And he's, he's looking out and he's like, Earth, wow, it's really beautiful. And it, you just see a big sound effect that says, Krrk, you know, and he looks down and he's like, oh, no. And he stepped on and killed a deer. Oh, my gosh, dude, that's hilarious. And he's picking it up and he's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's just like, you know. It was just a big eye-opener to him. Like, Earth is so fragile compared to where he comes from because it's all made of metal where he's at. So even when he's walking here, he's like, man, like, the Earth moves when I step. Like, it sways because it's, like, imprinting on dirt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, super cool, man. Super heartfelt. Again, like I said, to just see him sitting there caring for this deer and then having, like, a really open and honest conversation with Spike about family, how Spike has lost his his mom or dad i can't remember but one of his parents and his mom and 
they're trying to get enough. I don't know how you say it right by Aragon or something like that. It's energy to bring all their dudes back. But at the same time, of course, the, of course the Decepticons are need the same stuff. And so they're razzing and already going to war with, with the world. And they killed uh, Spike's friend's dad. And that's when Duke's like, he's, he's going to go, he's, he's going to go back up Duke, baby. Right on. That's pretty crazy. I never yeah. would have thought that would have happened. You know what's funny? Every time I saw Duke, I wanted to call him Duke Nukem. <laughs> Dude, get out of here with Duke Nukem. <laughs> but phenomenal dude. What a I knew it was gonna be this good, and it is this good. I love it. Right on. I saw it today at the shop when I was stopped by there. Yeah. I mean, but, I got into some more, but that's Really the only one worth chatting about. Dude, so I got into a couple other ones. I started this um, book from Scout. I think it released this year. I don't know when, sometime this year, but it's called Wannabes. I looked it up. It looks cool. Yeah, so it's kind of a YA story. It's from Mitchell Martinez, and I'm not even going to, the illustrator's name, I'm I'm sorry, Samir Samir is all I'm just going to call the artist because I don't even know how to pronounce the last name. Anyways, um, pretty funny story, actually. Two, so it's about two 15-year-old buddies um, that they live in a world where there are real superheroes. And but in there and I think they live in San Francisco, I want to say. I'm not 100% sure, but like they they basically like are going out at night to try to be superheroes. Right? Samir Samayo? Yeah, that's it. You got it. Ooh. I I was gonna say that, but I didn't know if that was right. And anyways, these two best buddies, um, they love comic books. They love the the real life superheroes, but they're like they want to make a difference. So they're going out at night trying to make a difference, and they are terrible. They're two fifteen year olds. They've the the dialogue between them and like there's like as they're like this is playing out one of them is like almost like writing in a journal or he's like has his like thoughts as they're doing this you know and he's like narrating it and they've they they've taken like one karate lesson each like they're totally unprepared they're just wearing ski masks and even when they go to attack people like they're doing the sound effects like one dude kicks him and he's like hiya and like so the first time they like try to get a bad guy one of the kids is like standing in a dark alley and he's like doing this pose, like a superhero pose. And he's like, he says some cheesy line, you know? And like after they get home, cause they almost die. Like the dude pulls out a knife and they get lucky. And so they go home and they're like, they're like making fun of each other. They're like, bro, what was with the stupid cheesy pose? <laughs> and then the one of uh, the other buddies like, well, at least I didn't say like, hi when I was out there trying to hit him, you know? And so it's pretty funny. It. Yeah. It's, I think you would like it. It's pretty funny. There's a lot of like comic relief in it. Well, um, then um, they go out again a second night. And of course this time, like there's gotta be something that happens that maybe turns them into real superheroes. And so they're out uh, uh, and they come across these guys stealing these um, big crates and what looks like radioactive material or something in it. And um, one of the guys and the, the kid that's narrating, he wants to be like the good guy superhero. Like you gotta, you gotta do good. You gotta be good to do good kind of you know like that mentality well the other guy the other kid he's more like we'll do it however kind of like deadpool like right, a, like yeah. you got a deadpool mixed with like uh captain america yes 
And so one wants to like do it by the book and the other one's like, bro, let's just like buy some weapons and like get down to business. And so when, when they're out there, um, one of the kids picks up a gun of one of these bad guys that they're kind of getting into it with. And anyways, a bullet hits this radioactive stuff and they put, it ends with them probably going to get some type of powers, I'm assuming. Um, but I just read the first issue, but it was cool, man. It was fun. I thought the art was neat. Um, I thought it was, it was, it was a cool issue. Um, so I'm that gonna sounds fun. I'm, I'm going to read it this, yeah. uh, hopefully the rest of it this week. Right on. And then I don't know if you want me to talk about this one or not, cause you didn't get a chance to read it, but I did read infield gang massacre issue number four. I don't know why it's delayed a week digitally. I know that's so weird. weird. I'm telling you one thing. I'll just tell you, it was a rooting, shooting, tooting kind of time. It, it, the whole issue is besides of like literally maybe like four or five pages is guns a blazing. Yeah. Because if you remember when issue three ended, um, the, uh, not the sheriff, cause the sheriff dipped cause he doesn't believe, he doesn't like what the, the marshal's doing. Is he, he's a U.S. marshal, right? Is yeah. it a marshal? Yeah. Or Texas, the Texas Ranger? Ranger. Yeah. One of them. So the, the sheriff left and it's the marshal or Texas Ranger and they met up with like, the dudes from like the the cavalry from like from the war, right? They're like going home, and he's like, "Hey, you want to help me out?" And they just they're like, "Yeah, let's we'll help you out." So now it's the Texas Ranger. He has this little mini army, and they, they're coming down on the homestead where the uh, infield gang is like held up, and it's wild, like literally action packed, guns blazing everywhere. Everyone's getting shot. Everyone's getting hit. Like it's wild. People are trying to escape. Um, and then you have the group that left. So Enfield was like telling everybody to get out of there, right? Like his, his wife or, uh, and the rest of the crew, they're, they're like, go, you need to leave now. Like, we're going to stay here. You get out of here. So then it flashes over to them and they're trying to get out of town and they're stopping at this one place and they're like waiting for him. It's almost like an ambush. So then their guns are blazing. And, um, then we get one cool shot. I don't know if you want me to tell you or not. Tell me, like, stop me if you want me to. Well, just throw out a hashtag spoiler. All right. Spoiling it. So, um, if if you're reading this right now, uh, give it a pause or fast forward. So it takes you to a scene with the sheriff who left. And remember when he left in issue three, he met that kid in town and the kid was like, yeah, he's like, it wasn't Enfield. Yeah. So now he's at the bar. And, um, he's talking to the bartender and she's been working there forever. And she even overheard and saw this guy that the kids saw. And so the sheriff now is almost like he's trying to unravel this mystery of who really started this whole thing with the guy at the bank. Cause it wasn't infield. And he doesn't like how the, the Texas Ranger or the Marshal is out there just killing off of a whim. Like he doesn't fully know if it was infield. He's just going off of a whim. Mm-hmm. And so it was pretty neat because that guy's starting to unravel what really happened probably. And um, dude, just fantastic, man. The art is so freaking good. Um, I can't wait for you to read it. Let me show you a couple pages in here, dude. Literally. You're still reading the newspaper things in those? Um, I haven't read this one yet because I just got this issue today. Like, look at this. I know. I love the colors. They're so good. 
But a lot of people are getting shot. So I don't even know. Honestly, I don't know who's alive and who's who's dead. What a cool story, dude. So this is one of my favorite reads. Um, it, it's fantastic. And I love it. And then at the end of the book, too, there's um, not a preview, but just a one-pager. Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, uh, this story is coming out in December called Where I can't the, wait for that, dude. Where the Body Was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it ties in with anything else, like the criminals, or I don't, I don't know what it ties in with, but you know it's going to be rad. Yeah. So that's all I got into. Everything was really cool. Um, super stoked on it. Heck yeah, buddy. You got uh, anything coming out this week you're looking forward to? Dude, there's some cool stuff coming out this week. I think that um, I think the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is the uh, the Geiger. Yeah, Ground Zero. Yeah, so I is I wonder if it's going to be like a prequel to Geiger. Um, so I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, what about you? What are you looking forward to most? Fish Flies Three. Yeah, I see. And what about um, the other Jeff Lemire that's coming out this uh, this week? Um, oh, Royal I, City, Royal yeah, City Volume Two. Are you into that? Yeah, I didn't even see it on there. Otherwise, I would have been all over it. But you know, I haven't actually read Royal City, but I want to. Yeah, I think it's on my list to read as well. But yeah, I think the volume two starts uh, this week. The last days of Richie Pike, number one. And I didn't pick it up yet, but I still really can't wait for Phantom Road. Six came out this week. Mm-hmm. I seen that on the shelf today when I when I went yeah. to the shop. We've got the Cole number four coming out this week. We've got something epic seven and Scrapper five. Those would kind of be rounding out my list. Well, not bad, dude. I think there's Daredevil's continuing. Is Chip doing that? Is, no, Chip is doing done now. Oh, he's doing Batman right now, I think, still. I even think he might be off Batman now, but I could be wrong. I'm almost certain he's doing Batman. Let's take a gander. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. What saying is that? I have no idea. Yeah, Batman 139. I think it came out... I think it came out this past week and Chip Z's writing it. Oh, right on. Yeah. Chip Z, George Jimenez is doing the art, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks pretty cool, actually. But anyway, if you're looking for a new shop or a place to pick up anything you're looking forward to this week, make sure you check out Frank over at coffeeandacomic.com and our coupon code at checkout, the comic book layer in all caps to save yourself 15% off. You're going to be getting coffee, stickers, and the books that you chose. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I to hope you. you're getting the books that you chose. <laughs> uh, check them out on Instagram, too. Frank's Rad. Doing rad stuff. His shop is awesome. And also, just as like a heads up, for anybody who is like me and uh, gets your books digitally, I'm not forcing your hand here. People don't like Amazon, don't want to support them. But if that's where you go, uh we have an affiliate link with them now because I thought, why not? So on our webpage or in the show notes, click those and uh, you'll be helping helping out the old lair if you're buying digital books. I'm going to get off topic here one second. What do you think of the time change? Are you a fan of time and time, change and times? <laughs> time and change? <laughs> As you can tell, I am not. No. Oh, that's right. It's late. I totally forgot about that. It's Shoot. late for the old comic book dad. Dang, dude. I'm, I'm burning sorry. it. Yeah. Shoot. Forgot. Yeah, I don't like it. It's dark at five o'clock. 
I feel like, why am I alive? I mean, you know? I don't change time, but it's just silly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought we had passed the law. I thought we voted. That's just what I thought it. too. Is it uh, is it like a future? Like, hey, let's give it like two years so everybody That's can been get like ready. Four, like just rip the bandaid off already and let get her fly. I'm not a fan, bro. Because uh, wouldn't you want the days to be longer a little bit in the winter? That way, like it feels like like the weather's nicer. I don't know, man. That's not my. Uh, All right, well, I hate it. Just wanted to throw that out. Driving home in the dark for an hour is not my thing. Not my jam. Anyway, buddy. Anyways, I'm looking forward to hanging in the lair next week, catching up on everything uh, we got. We got to catch up on. You got a lot. I got a lot to catch up on. You got a lot to. I I I just can't wait till you read the Infield Gang Massacre. Honestly, I I know. I do have a lot to catch up on. I'm lugging around. Check out Wannabes too. I want to see what you think about that. Just add one more to my backlog. Just keep just, on. You'll be fine. I'll be, I'll be just fine. All right, buddy. How can people keep up with us and what we're doing? And Yeah, definitely subscribe to our show here, wherever you're jamming your podcast. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Um, drop us a line. Head on over to our... Uh, Head on over to our website and drop us a line. You got we got a number over there. You can give a ring. You can leave us a voicemail. No one's ever done it. No one's ever done it. If you do, I'll tell you what. I don't know what I would do, but I would be pumped. <laughs> I don't know what we do, but it would be awesome. We'll do something. We'll do something big if you yeah. do it. Yeah. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be big. Anyways, follow us over on Instagram at the Comic Book Lair. Um, check us out on our Discord as well. Come, come, uh, come, hang out with us. Come meet us. Let us know what you're reading. Give us some recommendations. We love that. And um, just thanks for listening. This is 100 episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, we appreciate it. And um, it's always fun. Keep reading comics. Calabunga nerds. <laughs>